You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds. I'm the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds of Client Appraisal. And for you repeat offenders, I'm the host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. That's why you guys are here. Today, we're talking about the myth of the out-migration from Seattle during the pandemic. It's just a myth. didn't happen. People are saying, oh, everybody's going to move out of the big tech cities because you can work everywhere. Not happening. Not happening. It's yet another myth that we are experiencing during the coronavirus, during the Rona shutdown, during the great pandemic of 2020. Let's jump on into it. And this is an article that I'm reading from NPR. NPR. KUOW here in Seattle, NPR. The great pandemic migration wasn't as expected as Seattle continues to attract newcomers. Everybody thought, oh, Seattle's dead. Everybody's going to move out. That expensive real estate there. You guys don't need that. If you can work anywhere, let's go out and let's move in. The, let's move to the middle of maybe the desert in Nevada. Let's go there because property's cheap. I'm totally making fun. Nevada's a great state. It's got some great terrain. It's got Las Vegas. How can you go wrong? You can't go wrong with Vegas. You got a lot of sunshine. Did a podcast about I think Californians are leaving for Las Vegas because it has. 310 days of sunshine a year, some incredible number. Not that California doesn't, but Vegas doesn't have a lot of the other less desirable elements going on in California right now. So let's check this one out. Pandemic, Mike, out migration from Seattle, myth, not happening. Pandemic has changed so many things about the way people work. Tech workers in particular have discovered they can do their jobs from anywhere. Small towns are trying to attract tech talent away from cities like Seattle, but that hasn't resulted in the great migration some people expected. A lot of people have have asked me, hey, are, are you seeing people move to the burbs? Are you seeing this mass migration to the burbs? And the answer is no. No, it's harder to sell a home in downtown in the urban core areas. It's harder to sell a condo, and I've said this a hundred, I don't know how many times, Studio and wide bedroom, they're difficult to sell, but not because of just that, but where they're located, on top of the fact that they are small living situations, people want bigger. So where are the bigger homes? They're in the suburbs. So you've had a little bit of a shift there, but you haven't had this massive out-migration either, where people are like, sell everything in downtown, I want out. No, it's been more of a concerted effort, and I think a lot of these are families that are looking for more space, because if you are doing everything at home, like you're supposed to be doing, most of us aren't. I mean, how many people are just doing all the stuff you're supposed to be doing according to your state government? I am not guilty of doing all that. I'm guilty of not doing most of that stuff. I do the bare necessity to where people don't yell at me. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Because I'm kind of thinking, all right, I'm not going to have a big Thanksgiving get together. Not doing that. But that's kind of the limit. I'm still probably I'm going to go places where I can not be, you know, impacting other people or have other people impact me. Still going to go out still going to do stuff. But I'm also I'm not going to go to Lollapalooza anytime soon either. You know what I mean? Big festival, Perry Farrell, Perry Farrell. Oh, what an artist. That guy's amazing. Porno for Pyros, Jane's Addiction. Mm, Good man. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. I listen to some uh, alternative progressive music. 
Let's get back into it here. Tiago Duarte used to live in the Tri-Cities area of Washington. He had a tech job with a financial company there. But his dream was to move to Seattle and buy a home. I mean, you're probably thinking, Sean, all this nonsense you talk about happening in Seattle. Is there really somebody who wants to move there? Yes, the answer is yes. And on the daily, and we help them buy homes. That's what we do. Then on the Reynolds and Client side, we help them appraise their homes. At some point, he realized that would probably never happen. A home just never seemed like it would be within a reasonable price for me, he said. Sure, we would gain everything that comes from living in Seattle. And trust me, as a diehard Sounders fan, it still pains me a little bit to not be able to march downtown Occidental to the stadium. That is a pretty cool event. And if you get a chance to go to a major league, um, MS major soccer league, big professional soccer, if you get to go to one of those games, that's a different experience. I've gone to a lot of Sounders games. They're fun. Get the, the one end of the stadium, has the people standing up, half drunk the entire game, doing their chants. And it's, it's got that European feel to it, and it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Um, so it, it pains him to not be able to go down Occidental, which is Main Street, to the stadium. But at what cost, right? So he's trying to talk about, okay, I really like to be able to do those things you can do in Seattle, but I don't want to spend my whole life trying to make enough money to cover that mortgage payment because that's what it takes in Seattle and in a lot of other big cities. And it just never seems like the cost is worth it. I, I almost feel like I was 15 years too late to Seattle. And that is what I think a lot of millennials talk to me about is like, man, things were so cheap when you were young. How come you didn't buy 100 houses? And I'm like, because relatively, it wasn't that cheap. It was it's always been a struggle. Seattle's always been kind of expensive. It's just relatively, it seems like it was really affordable, because prices have skyrocketed so high, so hard in most of your big metropolitan cities. Then last year, he saw a tweet about a program in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was recruiting people who have tech jobs in cities like Seattle, people whose jobs can be done remotely. The pitch is that if you can do your work from anywhere, why not do it from a place like Tulsa with the average home costs $137,000? I will answer that question And no offense to Tulsa, Oklahoma, my parents live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, so I've got a little bit of a point of reference. But Tulsa, Oklahoma does not offer most of what people come to Seattle looking for. Doesn't have Puget Sound, doesn't have the Olympic Mountains to the west of Puget Sound, doesn't have the Cascade Mountains to the east of Puget Sound. It doesn't have all the cool stuff, doesn't have the climate we have here, doesn't have all that cool stuff. It doesn't have the culture. It doesn't have chopper jazz. I mean, who wants that? Everybody wants chopper jazz in their background, right? It doesn't have the outdoor lifestyle, but it's got cheaper housing. So if you were looking just from a housing standpoint, there's a lot of markets throughout the US that are probably way better if affordability and getting the big house for the bang for your buck is important. That's important. You know, you go do you, you go do you in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But How many people are saying, man, I have really been hankering to live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And again, I'm not trying to diss on Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's got a lot of cool things going for it. It's just that it's not Seattle. And when you're looking at Seattle, you look at housing prices in Seattle, Tulsa looks pretty good because it's affordable. You get a nice, big, maybe a new house. Like uh, so, the average home is 137 grand. So for 250 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, what can you get? 
probably a pretty decent home. Here in Seattle, two fifty. You have to go way outside the city center, and then you're getting a one-bedroom condo in a pretty rundown condo project, and you're going to do a commute, and your car may or may not be there the next morning when you go to work. That kind of thing, all right? So pitches, average home cost under 37, why not live in Tulsa? There's kind of a gold rush in a few cities around that size to attract these workers. And because destinations like Tulsa aren't exactly in the top of everybody's list, that is putting it mildly, mildly. They're not on the top of anybody's list. They're not on the middle. They are at the bottom, right? For most of for most desirable places to live, that's excluding housing costs, right? We're talking about just where people want to live. I don't think anybody says, I want to, I want to, I'm dying to live in Tulsa. So, and because destinations like Tulsa aren't exactly on the top of everybody's list, these programs sweeten the pot by giving participants ten thousand in cash and access to a co-working space. That makes a lot of sense. And if, if I was this guy, and I was like, you know what, I am not going to be able to afford a Seattle, I don't like my housing options there. My income is never going to go up to the point where I can afford this. Give me 10 grand. Yeah, I'll take that. 10 grand and access to a co working space. All right. Let's just see how this goes. I would probably take a run at that. Hey, honey, guess what, we're moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma. What do you think? Why? Well, because we get 10 grand, you get a great house. Look at these houses I found on Redfin. Look at these houses I found on um, Zillow. And we get access to a co-working space. We can we can work from there. Is co-working even a thing anymore? Does anybody do that? I don't know if anybody does. The people that I know that have rented out co-working spaces, they are they're just working from home. They don't want to be in a in a co-working space where you can get the Rona from who knows who that's been in there, you know, throughout the day before you have, you just don't know. Co-working spaces, I am not seeing those as a viable option down the road. It's either small office space or work from home. That's what I think we're doing the next couple of years, or at least the next year, at least through 2021. Co-working space, that's a tough sell to me. But if you had access to one, and maybe there weren't a lot of people there, and you cleaned down your work surfaces before and after you leave... Maybe that's a really cool thing. The program in Arkansas even throws in a free bike. What kind of bike that is? Is that like a mountain bike? Is that a street bike? Do you get like a budget for your bike? Is that like a Huffy bike? Is that a bike from Costco? Is it really heavy? Is it going to be hard to put on your bike rack? Do they give you a bike rack? I don't know. These are all questions that need to be answered. But Arkansas, they give you a free bike so you can ride around. Duarte and his fiance Teddy Muka, applied for the Tulsa program. Applications are competitive, and when they finally accepted, they talked about it like they'd won a big contest. That's kind of cool. I mean, there's weird stuff going on during the Rona, right? These are some of the things, and you're like, ah, normally you just wouldn't see this, a contest or basically an application for a program like this. I think it's kind of cool. It's outside of the norm. It's what we're doing. Yeah, other other states are like, how can we get people here to help our tax base? This is what we're doing. Giving out free bikes. We're doing applications to have you come live in our city. They've been living in Tulsa for three months now, and they're thinking about starting a family in their new city. Good for them. I think that's cool. Who am I to scoff at moving to Oklahoma, right? Duarte said. The dream of owning a home is actually real here in Tulsa. It doesn't have to be a forever home but at least gives us a new chapter, gives us a new place to explore. Organizers of Tulsa Remote say applications to their program have increased by a factor of three during the pandemic. 
The program has around 450 participants now. Arkansas, Alabama, and Savannah, Georgia also offer incentives for remote workers from cities like Seattle to relocate there. And as new programs emerge, they cite Tulsa's success. That's 450 participants, though. That's a tiny, tiny, tiny number. Amazon is hiring 100,000 people to kind of get through the holidays. 100,000 people. And we're talking 450 participants now in Tulsa. Okay, so that leads me to my next point, which is Seattle is still drawing them in. So it sounds like I'm kind of, you know, talking out of both sides of my mouth by saying the myth, the the whole migration out of Seattle is a myth, didn't happen. But, but then I'm kind of giving examples of cases that have happened. But for Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's only 450 participants. So when you look at the hard numbers, you're like, okay, yeah, that's nothing. That is literally statistically almost nothing as far as migration goes. Seattle is still drawing them in. That's the next part here. But even with these programs growing, they're not making a dent in Seattle's population because they're not. Just not happening. Not happening. Eileen Cummings ran the numbers. She's the director for communications for United Van Lines, which she described as the biggest moving company in the U.S. Who better to know migration patterns or migration numbers than a moving company? moving company. Do you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, moving companies in I think it was New York City were just overwhelmed, you couldn't get one, couldn't get anybody to help you just everybody moving out of out of New York City. Did a podcast yesterday. And uh, New York City had requests for 295,000 change of addresses. So that equates out to about a million. So that's so one person in the household just does you know one you don't have to have all four people in your household if you got four people in your family do a change of address one for the family good enough so 295,000 address changes for New York City that equates to about a million people moving out of the city that is out migration that's migration going somewhere else that's happening here in Seattle not happening. Cummings dug into her company's numbers to see who is moving where and why. She said while the pandemic has decreased the number of people moving overall, because who wants to try and move during a pandemic? That was one of the major things at first was people don't want to try and organize other people to come in and touch their stuff and they might get the Rona. People are just freaked out. They just want to hunker down at home, close the doors, do their thing. But there are still three people moving to Seattle for every two people that leave. Let me read that again. There are still three people moving to Seattle for every two people that leave. What is that? That's 33% in migration. You still got a lot of people coming to Seattle. Despite everything that happened at CHOP and Chaz and defunding the police, recalling our mayor, recalling one of our Seattle City Council members, just homelessness everywhere, crime on the rise. You still got a big pile of people wanting to come here. Some people leaving, yeah, some people are going elsewhere. But there's more coming in than there are going out. That's the bottom line. You have the water, you have the climate, and you have the mountains coming explained. Attractions like that have helped make Seattle the number two destination in the United States right now. So it's not only Seattle is not only a destination where people want to go, it's a housing market 
that's super strong as a result. And that's why we're talking. That's why I'm babbling on about this in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, because people are always like, oh, Seattle just got to be destroyed, right? I mean, property values tanked, right? No, not happening. And that's why, because you got in migration happening, which with a city with very few properties on the market like Seattle, and like most major metropolitan markets across the United States right now, if you look at news stories all across the US, there isn't one that says, yeah, we got a lot of inventory, a lot of inventory on the market, come to our city, you can pick something up for cheap, you can pick stuff up for cheap, because cheap is relative. But nobody has any any inventory. It's because we went into this pandemic with low inventory. And now we got even less because people don't want to put their house in the market. And people who do put their house in the market, they're getting gobbled up by people who want to take advantage of these historically low interest rates. It's a super real thing. It's just, we've had the perfect storm to create an increase in housing values. And I kind of I kind of said this from the beginning that unless interest rates rise up, there's no way with the amount of inventory we've got that we're going to see a decline in housing. And we've had the opposite. We've had a major run up in prices across the United States. All right, so we're moving more people into Seattle than any other large city but Washington, D.C. That's coming from a moving company. That's not coming from some ridiculous appraiser slash real estate broker slash wannabe podcaster in Seattle who's a fanboy for Seattle. It's not coming from me. That's coming from somebody looking at the numbers going, ah, Seattle number two, Washington, D.C. is the other large city we're moving a lot of people to. Washington, D.C., that's what's happening. And the neighborhoods people are moving to in the Seattle metropolitan area are the region's densest places. Belltown, downtown Seattle. Queen Anne, just outside of downtown Seattle. And the neighborhood around Amazon's headquarters, South Lake Union. A lot of people moving there because there's a lot of housing there. And it's a pretty cool area. I'm kind of surprised they're still moving there with Amazon being shut down, Amazon not being there. I think Amazon has said they will go back. June or July of 2021, something like that. One of my good friends, Mike Munson, he works there. He works in SLU, South Lake Union, and I know he loves it over there. He's got some of the restaurants that he really enjoys. And I think he is looking forward to going, because he lives in the suburbs, and he is looking forward to going back to work in South Lake Union because it's a pretty cool environment. It's the city. I mean, that's one of those things where you take a job like that with Amazon. You don't want to work from home. You want to go work in one of those cool bubble buildings have your choice of a lot of different cool restaurants, a lot of different kinds of food. I mean, maybe not all of us want to live there, but young people without kids who aren't raising kids who maybe just have a pet or a dog or a cat or whatever, they're totally okay with living in those kind of neighborhoods. Those are the places you live before you get kids. I had a bunch of my friends. I've always lived on the east side. Here's suburban. I'm a suburban guy. That's just me. Grew up in suburbs and never really wanted to live in the city. I did for school for the University of Washington, but... Um, you know, that was for a couple of years. And I did my time and I realized oh, I want to go back to Bellevue. I want to go back. I want to go back to the suburbs. Because even though we have like limited food choices, and we don't have all this cool stuff to do, it's kind of home. It's where you raise kids. It's what you do when you're adulting. And I had a whole bunch of friends during those college years after college. The minute they started having kids, guess where they moved from? They moved from Seattle to the suburbs, outerlying suburbs, better schools, that's just what you do. That's what's happening. It's what most people do when they're adulting. Um, 
Because I think it's because you, when you're a single guy and you're a single gal, you want to be where the action is of all the other single people, and you do that, and then people start to pair up, and then they're like, you know what? We're not really going out all that much. Why don't we get a condo where other people like us are getting condos? Let's go do that. All right. Hey, you know what? Other people from our condo, they're buying houses a little bit further out, and they're doing a little bit more of a commute. That's what you do. And then you get a couple of kids, and boom, you're living in the burbs. And so when you get the opportunity to take a job where you can commute in, and it's not that bad of a commute, and you got all kinds of cool restaurants, cool stuff, maybe after work you meet up with friends, and you go to... I don't know, a Slash concert. Maybe you go to Guns N' Roses. Maybe you go to the Rolling Stones. Any of these any of these things are options, right? Maybe you go to the Who. These are all concerts I've been to with my friends in, in, in before Rona. Go to, I go to a lot of shows. And that's the benefit you get from living downtown. Yeah, you got to put up with the fact you might get mugged. You might get stabbed in your neck like I just recorded in another podcast. That's happening. That's true. Um, but you got to take the good with the bad. And so, yeah, people are still moving to these areas. Queen Anne, Amazon, and outside of Seattle, they're flocking to where I live and where I'm podcasting from, Bellevue, Washington, and Redmond, Washington. Redmond, home to Microsoft, and home to the Velodrome. It's uh, People ride bikes around. Redmond is famous for its cycling center. Get on your bad bicycle and ride. People moving to Seattle from New York like that homes are cheaper here than in Manhattan. Sure, Seattle is expensive compared to how it used to be, but the cost of living is relative. And that's what I always tell people. People who hear me talking about, okay, so your median housing um, is like three quarters of a million dollars, $775,000. Okay, super unaffordable for most people. But if you are coming from one of these big other tech cities, like maybe in New York, maybe Silicon Valley, maybe you're coming from LA, somewhere in there, maybe you're coming from San Francisco, Seattle's cheap. It really is. You can get a decent home here. And if you make good enough money, that's the catch. That's the kicker, right? And I'm a real estate guy. And let's be honest, there's not there's not a lot of affordable real estate here, but relative affordability is relative. And so compared to other cities, Seattle's pretty cheap, and it's a cool place to live. That's if you can um, if you can get away with not having the seasonal affecting disorder, sad, seasonal, whatever that is. If you cannot be depressed by not being seeing the sun for about nine months straight, we're kind of in one of those periods right now in Seattle. We just started and we're, we're hunkered down because here in Seattle, fall and late fall and winter and spring, they're a beat down. You got to be able to deal with with uh, cloudy skies, rain, some crappy weather, but it's it's weather you can live with. And that's why we don't even really carry umbrellas because it doesn't rain here hard enough most of the time to really get wet. You just put a hood up on your coat. I carry a rain jacket in my uh, Gore-Tex three-layer raincoat because, I mean, you might as well just be ready for anything and it's a shell. Put that on the outside of my other coats and you just go. It's got a hood on it. You don't carry an umbrella. Men don't carry umbrellas here in Seattle. Women don't either because they're kind of annoying and you got to shake them off that whole thing we don't really do umbrellas here it's true nearly a quarter of the region's new arrivals come from california cali that's where a lot of my listeners and viewers are from california thanks so much for tuning in golden state sorry to hear about all that nonsense you guys are enduring down there i mean curfews and shutdowns and oh i think you've actually got it worse than seattle worse than washington and that's hard to beat so you guys 
you guys are winning a race I would not want to be winning. But thanks for tuning in. And I kind of covered that as much as I can as well, because I think a lot of it's a lot of similarities happening between California and Washington right now. So nearly a quarter of the region's new arrivals, they come from Cali. And we love to have you here. When we look at moves from the state of California, a lot of people are moving for a lifestyle change. You could draw some correlations to cost of living coming said. Also, some of the climate change issues, maybe with the fires and a lot of stuff might lead to that, especially in Northern California. During the first six months of the pandemic, as people discover that they can work from anywhere, many experts predicted a great migration away from American cities. So this has been one of those experiments where you're like, all right, if you can move, if you can work anywhere, and you just pick a spot where you're gonna go. And this has been one of those things where people have said, well, people are moving to Seattle because of employment, employment only. And we know you kind of got that cool lifestyle, you got that cool outdoor lifestyle, you got hiking, you got skiing, you got water sports, you got Puget Sound, you've got access to Canada and a boat. I mean, the options you have here in the Pacific Northwest, if you're okay with dealing with the weather, they're pretty cool. But a lot of people have said, nah, it's just because you've got all these tech sectors. All right, well, we call the bluff social experiment over. Where are people going? Are they moving away from Seattle and droves? Because now they can work wherever they want. You know, hook up with your high speed internet, do your thing. Where are they going? Still coming to Seattle. That's what's happening. So ending here, the big surprise here, ending here with the article, the big surprise here is that when given that choice, People are still packing their furniture into moving vans and heading to Seattle, making it happen. So that's reality. And that's why this big out-migration from Seattle myth, it is just that. It's a myth like so much else of the Rona shutdown virus stuff. I'm not saying the coronavirus is a myth. No, I'm not saying that at all. But all these other ideas and things that people have, restaurants are causing the majority of this outbreak. Let's shut down the restaurants. No. Retail was shut, was causing a lot of the outbreaks at the beginning. No, it wasn't. And they're open now. Just all this stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense. But we're dealing with it and we'll get through it. And as these stories come up, I will podcast them for you right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. That's it for me on this one. Thank you so much for joining in. Great having you here. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, love to have you subscribe. If you're still like, I don't really know if I want to subscribe to this guy. He seems like he just, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. That's okay, too. Thanks for watching this episode. All right, I'll catch up with you guys in the next one. Bye for now. I'm out of here. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.